Hello people of the internet, my name is Adam and welcome to the Adventure Log Podcast. In this episode we're taking a look at the Makarath region, which is a region from my D&D world. Enjoy! The classic question about dwarves. What happens when they dig too deep? The history of the empire is split into four separate eras. We will go through each of them for the region of Makarath. Different events occurred in each of the regions. Keep in mind that the perspective and bias is focused on Makarath. First era. After war and disasters destroyed their original homes, humans, dwarves and elves arrived on the mainland from the distant continent of Ibra. In the race to find a new home, the dwarves, because of their superior technology, got on the continent first and established themselves in a place where, in modern times, the city of Orlean stands. They opened a mine in the area, finding that it was very rich in ore that they very much needed for their technology. Time passed and they got attacked multiple times by pirates living on the coast. Some of the pirates eventually moved on the Eternal Isles where they started the Second Amisus Empire. Because of their superior technology, the Dragonbraids clan managed to stay just ahead of the pirates and keep them out of their city. The Second Era The Second Era is marked by two things. First, the fall of the first Amisus Empire, and second, the rise of necromancers, liches, and undead to power. During a conflict with a local clan, the Bloodfists clan, the Dragonbraids found that digging too deep will have some consequences. Monsters, more monsters, and some other nasty stuff started coming into the city via the mines the dwarves dug. Because of the monsters and because of uh, the siege, on their city, the Dragonbraids had to do something. They managed to find a way out in the underground, where they spent about one year. Finally, they exited the underground and started searching for a new home. Eventually, they found a suitable island they named Makarath. On that island, they prospered, the population grew, and they spread all over that island. The Dragonbraids managed to build multiple cities and they recognized that they made a mistake when digging that deep into the ground. The pirate attacks continued on their cities and colonies. Undead attacks started to happen more and more often and the Dragonbraids were forced to fall back more and more inland, eventually abandoning all of their coastal cities. They managed to take refuge on a high mountain where they defeated the undead and all of the raiding parties. They named the city after the island and thus Makarath city was born. The city was and still is located underneath the largest mountain on the island. Because of a new type of war discovered in the mountain, the dwarves had access to superior clockwork and weapons and once again prospered. The ruling body of this new city-state was thus founded. The dwarves were organized into a Duma, which was similar to the Imperial Senate. The Duma was comprised of uh, representatives of all the dwarven guilds and normal everyday people who were elected to their position and held no other position of influence. The Duma 
also elected a city leader. Later in this era, the dwarves decided to join forces with uh, Helmut I, one of the first uh, great Amicis emperors, in order to wipe out the necromancers and liches throughout the land. The Third Era Having grown in numbers and becoming more and more prosperous than ever, the dwarves now turned on each other and they started the 256-year-long civil war. Dwarves killing dwarves in the streets, mines and foundries of the city. The main reason for this war was uh, the distribution of the newly discovered ore and access to certain clockwork that was used to mine fresh ore. In this whole period, the form of government varied from autocracy to an elected body to none, depending on the exact year you would have checked. Because of all of these changes, the dwarves were no longer a true part of the outside world, halting their trade with uh, the outside to almost nothing and losing most of their political pull in the process. This whole conflict made the clans and guilds fiercely competitive and forgetful of the past. Once again they managed to dig too deep. This time they encountered the whole civilization of sentient arachnids, spiders, who made their home in the underground beneath their island. The dwarves rallied and the war with the arachnids began. The war was very long but the dwarves fought on, believing they could win and reap the rewards of claiming a whole new domain in the underground. Meanwhile, the outside world didn't exactly stand still. The Amisus Emperor still wanted Makarath to be a part of the Empire. During the Civil War, the Emperors didn't exactly care that the dwarves were infighting as long as the taxes were getting paid on time. In the time of Archmage Emperor Hoshin Thirdai, the taxes had all but stopped from the city in the mountain. The Emperor first sent emissaries, demanding that he got all of his taxes plus interest for the delay. Once the Emperor got word that the dwarves were basically destitute and that they were fighting the Arachnids, he personally marched four battalions of uh, elite soldiers, many of them battle mages, to the gates of Makarath. Hoshin demanded to be allowed to negotiate a treaty with uh, the Arachnids. He also demanded that the dwarves would re-pledge their fealty to the Empire. The alternative option given was that the battle mages would destroy the dwarven clans, then the Emperor would sue for peace with the spiders. Given the extreme amount of pressure from the Emperor and the lack of resources, the dwarven clans relented and replaced their fealty to the Empire and the Emperor. A treaty was ratified having as parties the dwarves and the arachnids, with the Emperor serving as a neutral arbiter over the negotiations. The dwarves lost most of their underground domains, keeping only a few surface mines. Hoshin also discovered that the dwarves had uh, been working on an experimental construct that would allow them to propel small metal projectiles with a controlled explosion of powder that the dwarves invented. Realizing the damage this weapon could do if perfected, Hoshin confiscated the original plans for the weapons, then executed everyone with the knowledge on how to create these new weapons. He was also clever not to make it look like uh, he was frightened or jealous, rather he made it look like uh, he did this on a whim. 
the fourth era. With permission from the arachnids, the dwarves built an underground harbor using the waterways in the arachnids' territories. With this harbor, any ship could now come in the city of Makarath all the way from the sea. The construction took about 80 years to complete. 65 years ago, a small upstart mercenary company decided to focus their efforts on trading rather than mercenary work. They approached the dwarves with a unique proposition. They said that uh, they had found a way to subdue and control the arachnids. The mercenary proposed to be allowed in the underground in order to make this happen. They even provided a convincing cover story for the dwarves in case they failed. The dragon braids couldn't pass up this opportunity. In two short years, the guild of the Dauntless Knights did what the dragon braids had dreamed of doing for centuries. They enslaved the arachnids and took hold of their territories. The Dauntless Knights were of course not interested in the land itself, rather they wanted to become influent and rich. You see. The sentient spiders of the underground have a unique ability. They can magically transport themselves between their nests. The nests can be thousands of miles apart, it doesn't really matter. And they can do that in mere seconds. The guild used uh, their new slaves to establish the fastest shipping company in the world. They also expanded into postal services, trading of goods and limited uh, public transport. In exchange, the dwarves got to hold and control the domain of their old enemies as a gift and guarantee they would turn a blind eye to the Dauntless Knight's actions. The majority of people living in Makarath are dwarves and most of the jobs revolve around mining, smelting, forging, blacksmithing and clockwork. Clockwork is pretty much unique to this city. The dwarves make uh, lots of it and they export it. Just like the ore, weapons and armor they produce. Resource-wise, they are not like uh, the Eternal Isles. The island isn't barren and it's far larger. So they do have crops planted on the surface that uh, sustain the population. So when it comes to food, the dwarves are pretty much independent, but they still uh, require some exotic goods they import from other cities. Mainly they rely on export to drive forth the economy. They produce a lot and export a large part of what they do. If you examine the organizations that are present in the city, you will find that many of them uh, act in the area of trading. The most influential of them is the Guild of the Dauntless Knights. The guild has a magical way, a secret way of uh, subduing the arachnids that used to live in the underground of Makara city. Right now the arachnids are being used as a mode of transport and the guild can ship large amounts of goods um, and people across great distances at a very low cost. Therefore the guild pretty much holds a monopoly in the city, when it comes to transport that is. The old underground seaport is still functional but nowadays is mainly used as a tourist attraction rather than mode of transport. When it comes to leadership, the city is currently run by uh, the Duma, a gathering 
mixing elected and appointed people who rule most aspects of life for the citizens of uh, this city. All of the guilds participate with representatives in the Duma, smelting, mining, forging and clockwork guilds. And out of the population, natives can run for office as uh, a representative in the Duma and elections get held every two other years in a democratic fashion. The Duma itself elects, usually out of their members, three dwarves to rule and preside over the Duma for the next 10 years. The Duma also elects representatives that will be sent to the Eternal City as ambassadors slash hostages. Twelve dwarves are chosen for this honor. So, in the city of Makarath, if you want to wield power, you must either be a head of a guild or elected by the people. If you want to wield greater power, you must also be elected by the representatives in the Duma as well. Right, now with uh, the economy and uh, the politics sort of out of the way, let's build an adventure. Okay, so let's start this time, let's start with a villain. A four. So, a four villain is a dragon bent on domination and plunder. God damn, that fits. Let's see the adventure introduction. An NPC, the characters must obey, orders them to go to the adventure location. And now let's see the adventure location, which is a dungeon goal. 14. 14 is uh, escape from captivity in the dungeon. Now let's see some allies. 3. Enthusiastic commoner. And the patron of the adventure is... 18 out of 20 desperate commoner. So we have uh, an enthusiastic commoner and a desperate commoner. Okay, so for the villain, an event based goal. And that's a 10. So secure aid from a ruler or council. And now let's do the climax of the adventure 12. The adventurers must discover the main villain's secret weakness before they can hope to defeat that villain. And also, let's do some complications. Okay, so we are going to do a moral quandary. Yeah, 16. A rescue quandary. And the rescue quandary means that the adventurers must uh, choose between catching or hurting the villain and saving innocent lives. Alrighty, and let's do a twist. 7 out of 10. The adventurers have two different goals, but they can complete only one. And let's also do a side quest. 4. And 4 is rescue a captive. And that's it. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or a comment and share this podcast with your friends. Once again, my name is Adam and this was the Adventure Log Podcast. I will see you on the internet. Bye.